0: Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis.
1: And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, everybody. Hello. wonderful to have you here with us. Hi, Shannon.
0: Hi.
1: So great to be back in podcast mode. I'm actually really reinvigorated with with a new format. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Yes. Uh, Let's dive right in. What do we have for announcements?
0: Announcements. We have... Do you have a song? Oh, I'm so sorry. I have a song. Announcements. 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 Great, great, great. Okay, uh, that was kind of perfunctory. That's okay. <laughs> I have one mm-hmm. announcement. Uh, our one announcement, my one announcement, is that we have our next Misfit Stars Zoom Meetup mm-hmm. this coming Sunday,
2: mm-hmm.
0: February sixth
2: mm-hmm.
0: at three p.m. Pacific time. That's six east. Six p.m. east, and do the math if you live elsewhere. Yeah, we'll be on the Zoom uh, for three hours. You can come during that time. Uh, Any time, pop in, stay as long as you want to, leave when you have to. It's like an open house. It's
1: just hanging out with me and Shannon and wh- whomever else is there. And
0: other Misfit Stars. This is for Misfit Stars members exclusively. So you do have to be a member of Misfit Stars to get the secret invitation for the hang out.: Also, you
1: can become a member of Misfit Stars as if you're not one already. Good. This is an inducement, honestly. Oh, yeah. This is one of the ways we try to trick you. Cajole. Cajole. Yeah, encourage, Let me bust out my thesaurus. <laughs> encourage, really. <laughs> you we go. don't want to be manipulative. We want to encourage you, give you <laughs> reasons to support us and our work. So, you know, if the idea of hanging out and just talking uh, in whatever level of depth or shallowness you would like to with right. me and Shannon sounds appealing to you, uh, then... Maybe that's a great reason for you to sign up for Misfit Stars. Yeah. MisfitStars.com slash join.
0: Yeah. I mean, like one of the whole reasons for the existence of Misfit Stars is that several years ago, you and I realized that what we do with our lives and, the, and our work is so much broader than just making music. That yeah. it's, it's so much more about community. Like we yeah. we stumbled into this sort of like community thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so what Misfit Stars is, is a place where all these wonderful people that we've encountered from all sorts of different corners of our lives, from touring, from, you know, uh, interactions on social media, mm-hmm. from, you know, friendships, thing you know, the, in our lives, all these different wonderful people can come to get to know each other. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Like, we know some really great people. Yeah, Don't <laughs> want to brag, but our people are pretty great. <laughs> they are pretty including great. Including
1: you, if you're listening to this, that's you. You're yeah. one of our people. You're great. We yeah. love you. We're, we appreciate the hell out of
0: you. So, yes, absolutely. And this Zoom hangout is really just an opportunity for us all to, uh, anyone who wants to in that group of people to get together. And, and, and I, hang out. And it's not
1: awkward. I want to address that head on because I could imagine someone listening to this going, yeah, the last thing I need is A, another Zoom, and B, with a bunch of people who I've never hung out with before and I don't even really know. That sounds like literally the most awkward thing I could imagine. But here's the thing, because we have been growing in this group and nurturing the vibe for so long, it just feels like a group of friends that like you're showing up at and you'll know a couple people already, right? Mm-hmm. You won't be showing up to the party knowing no one because you'll know me and Shannon. That's right. And then you'll just get to meet some other really lovely people who are all just like really nurturing. No one's a dick. No one has like some weird snooty vibe. Everyone's just like hanging out. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. So
0: if you want to become a Misfit Star and and join us, mm-hmm. and then do misfitstars.com slash join. Yep. Uh, if you are already a Misfit Star, I have already sent you uh, an invitation with the Zoom link for in this Sunday. In your email. In your email, uh, from the Misfit Stars transmissions list, and also in our, so- our private social network. Yeah. So... Get there there. on Sunday. We can't can't wait to see you. Can't wait. Yeah. How are you feeling? Oh yeah. uh, I guess. I guess I'll I'll go. I'll go with how I'm feeling. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have three feelings words I have chosen for myself today. Um, The first is I I feel a little tired right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in a bad way. Just I've noticed that like I'm feeling a little bit a little bit tired and. it's probably because we've been working our butts off the mm-hmm. last few days to get ready for releasing a new song, which mm-hmm. we, we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm just feeling the residual come down from that a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's okay. I'm just taking note. I think that I probably need to take uh, a little time off. We didn't take like a full weekend this last weekend. And I no. think that I'm feeling, I'm feeling the lack of that bulk of rest in my life you know we've
1: been doing kind of like one day off every three or four days so we get a weekend's worth of time off in a week but it's not the same yeah having a couple end to end is a good idea
0: yeah but but people should check that out what's that
1: Anyone listening, like, I've got this cool new idea, which is take two days off in a a row once a week. A weekend? At the end of the week, maybe. Yeah. That's how you could do it. At the end of the week.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. To put
1: put a point upon it, you know?
0: Yeah, but I'm just taking note of the fact that I'm feeling tired and I probably need... As I'm listening to my feelings as messengers that tell me what my needs are,
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I think I probably do need to give myself some intentional rest. Yeah, um, and that sounds smart. Even though it's it's only Tuesday as we're recording this, um, you know, my brain is wanting to tell me no, it's just Tuesday. You gotta go, 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 work all week long, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> and like no, actually, one of the benefits of of being self employed <laughs> is that you can kind of make you can you can make your schedule flexible, and yeah. and I probably need to do that. So that's my first feeling.
1: Usually, the way that we interpret, make your schedule flexible is work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have the flexibility to work seven days a week because we're self-employed. Sometimes Try and stop do. me. There's no boss.
0: Yeah, totally. You know? No
1: one's telling me to go home. Yeah. But that's yeah, sort of the problem.
0: So tired is number one. Okay. second feeling that I identified is I'm feeling tender.
1: Uh-huh. In a that's good, a good one. In a good way. Oh, okay. Not... That not, one could really appear on both lists, couldn't it, it? The good and bad list. Maybe so. Yeah.
0: Um, And I guess... Saying good and bad is positive
1: maybe, and negative.
0: The way that the lists are or themselves organized are feelings when your needs are being satisfied, and feelings that you're having when your needs aren't being satisfied. Which I think is an interesting. That's good. Frame. Rolls
1: rolls off the tongue. Easy to say. It's remembered. not,
0: but and it's but it does.
1: Definitely not tedious.
0: It does, but it definitely <laughs> helps me frame my feelings in yeah. a in a helpful way, a productive way. Anyway, hey,
1: not everything's bumper stickerable. It's a good frame.
0: Tender in a good way. Um, and and it, but it's because you and I had like a. You and I had like a debate last night. Yes, we did.
1: <laughs> An earnest debate. An
0: earnest debate. And it started on Twitter <laughs> in the evening. And then it, um, and I thought it was done. Yeah. And then actually it wasn't done. And we continued debating until like 3.30 in the morning. I mean, not continually. No, no, no. no. Like,
1: like there were like nine hours yeah. of space in between. We circled back. We circled back. And, in bed.
0: And actually talking to each other, not tweeting at each other. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it,
1: there was that w- that weird transitional point where like, it seemed like the discussion we were having might have relevance or, or benefit to somebody else, so it felt like... Online was okay. Like, like yeah. Yeah, Twitter might be an okay place for it. Maybe someone would get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, but that, I don't know if that ended up being the case or not. And it, at a certain point, it transitioned into a conversation that we probably should have just had privately, but then like, we yeah. didn't recognize the transition and just kept going.
0: Right. But my, my reason for bringing it up here in the how are you feeling is that I feel like... Um, having a debate with your partner or with anyone is a can be a vulnerable feeling thing to do mm-hmm. you know and um i i know that i was trying to just stay really on top of like uh about just being being as as uh what's the word i'm looking for being as uh conscientious of my of my language in our conversation as i could be mm-hmm. just knowing that when two people are arguing different sides of an issue, mm-hmm. it can it can get ugly if you're not careful. Yeah, and you I know? was being
1: similarly careful. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, um, but because of that, and like just having, you know, to work through that, uh, like it was not a fight, it was a debate. And yes. that's a good, it's an it's an important distinction, I think. Yeah. The fact that we got through that and we I think we each participated in a way that was fair
2: mm-hmm.
0: and compassionate mm-hmm. with each other, left me feeling, as I went to sleep last night and I woke up feeling the same way today and I felt this way all day, just very tender toward you. Like, mm. I really appreciate the fact that you and I can have a difficult discussion,
2: mm-hmm.
0: difficult in the fact of us coming at it from different points of view.
1: Yes. It wasn't like we were talking about a relationship. We were just talking yeah. about a current events kind yeah. of thing.
0: but like, to have that a difficult discussion and come out of it feeling closer to you mm. is really nice, and I well, felt that lovely. tenderness all day.
1: Yeah, I um, perceived it. It was nice.
0: That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last feeling I have today is I feel proud, mm-hmm. um, in a sort of accomplished kind of way, mm-hmm. um, for getting this new album project launched mm-hmm. officially uh, as of today, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I'm proud. Like I, I have spent months trying to put together in my mind and and spending time writing about this and journaling and thinking it through and like spending, you know, my middle of the night awake hours thinking about it and all Mm -hmm. this, trying to piece together what is it that feels um, urgent for me to, to explore in my artistic work this year? And how can I use that to be of service to our community and just trying to put that all put those all those puzzle pieces together mm-hmm. with at the same time leaving room for the project and the the issue and the topic to sort of guide me mm-hmm. you know because I, I like i i don't want to 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 pre to put walls around it unnecessarily mm-hmm. from the get go like i want there to be room for exploration mm-hmm. it's a, it's a complicated it's a complex Thing to work through, you know, mm-hmm. all those things, all those layers. It, and is a, so, it is a calculus. It is, and so I um, I feel really proud that I have that I got to a place in my thinking about this project and my sort of structuring of it and aim and communication about it and even the first song, like that. I feel like okay, I'm proud of of where this is going, and I'm I'm proud for of myself for having worked through all those complex layers to get it launched and get going. So I feel good, good about that. Yeah. Good. How about you? How do you feel?
1: I have two feelings on my feelings list All today. Right. The first one is I feel st- I feel stimulated. Okay. Uh, we just have a bunch of good work stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, encapsulated in there is, like with you, pride about this new song that we just put yeah. out in the world. It kicks ass. It's great. I love it. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, we have other stuff going on too. There's another new song. Yeah. Um, I've got some other things, just like some some mentorship stuff. It just it's all good, mm-hmm. and I like it, and I'm happy about good. it. So that's great. Great. Um, I also identified that I am feeling somewhere like it's it's a mixture of two related feelings: uh, vulnerable and insecure. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has to do with this endeavor that we are undertaking to figure out whether we can promote your song further to radio.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just
1: okay. I'm way out of my comfort zone. I realized. Mm-hmm. Um, I also in there wrote down that I feel slightly fatalistic.
0: Oh, okay. You know? Yeah.
1: Um, like, is I, it, I that- feel like there's a predetermined outcome. We're going to work anyway toward an outcome that's hopefully not the one that I'm imagining will happen, which is that we don't get any traction and no one cares because we're nobody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I I, th- I, I I imagine that's how it will turn out. Uh, but I'm still putting a good faith effort toward it because why not?
0: Yeah. Do you think that the fatalistic Feeling is sort of like a pre hedge against disappointment, or is it is it just that a classic
1: brene brown thing yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or or do you think it's just um yeah no. what do you think um no, um
1: no, I don't think so. I think it's a realistic assessment of the situation yeah. I mean,
0: I do too, so yeah. <laughs> like I, the, the fact of the matter is that people who do their art careers in the way that you and I do don't typically get commercial radio play. No. <laughs> and that that's why it's been so exciting for us to get so much play with Breaking Ground yeah. over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's just thrilling. Yeah. It's not supposed to happen yeah. and it and it has. Whether we can repl- replicate that is a whole other mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably one that's not scalable for us. Yeah. It's 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 interesting though to like a, to like endeavor into something um with the idea of of like okay, going for it, but, but not, uh, even if you think the outcome might be not what you want, mm-hmm. like releasing expectation of the outcome.
1: Absolutely. You know. And what also is good about it too is it gives me a good frame for how much effort I feel is appropriate to put into it.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I mean? Sure. I'm not going to spend 40 hours on
0: this. Oh, yeah, and it's I not I think necessary. I'm going to spend much
1: more like seven or eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll reach out to some people, and we will just see if anything happens. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, the good thing is that we don't need this. It's almost right. like a, a little weird because radio has never been on our radar until this station put it on our radar. Now it's like a do- it's like we're looking. A door has been opened, and we're looking into like a really cool place <laughs> that we may not be allowed in. Like it's just like it's yeah. like looking through a door into a party that you aren't necessarily invited to. Yeah. And like you're trying to text a couple of people who you think might be inside to see if they'll let you in, but you don't know them that well, <laughs> and they might not. They might just ghost you, and yeah. they probably will. Yeah, and you'll probably just like be looking through that door for like another half hour, mm-hmm. and then eventually the bouncer's going to be like, "Dude, you got to move on."
0: But we're not. We've never banked on this kind of. We've never banked on entry to that party. No,
1: our career is not predicated yeah. on this. Yeah, so it's fine. We don't need it, so it's fine. We got nothing to lose. That's right. And so that's a good position to but be approaching it from.
0: You you mentioned at the beginning feelings of vulnerability and insecurity. Yeah. Did you have anything more to elaborate on that, or is it? No, just, I think I've yeah. done enough. Cool. Yeah, right, but thank you for asking. Yeah, I didn't want to derail you.
1: So how about we fire up the good news machine?
0: Let's indeed fire up the good news machine. Uh, what do you, you want to go first? Uh,
1: I would love what to. What do you have? Okay, so there is a new coronavirus variant. Oh, uh,
0: that doesn't, it doesn't sound good.
1: Doesn't sound like good news. No. It's a mutation of Omicron. So the first one was called BA.1. Catchy. I don't know, it stands for badass, probably. I don't know. I'm just riffing. Oh my God. Uh, this one is called BA.2, also catchy. Uh huh. It's, yeah. it's a catchy virus. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. So, uh, womp, but here's womp. the thing. So, you might not think that a new uh, variant is good news, mm. but here's the deal BA2 is real similar to BA1, but Vax. Uh, so, first of all, BA2 is taken over.
0: Okay. It's, it's like taking a over from BA1. Displacing BA1. Displacing and replacing
1: BA1. So, it's a new kid in town. Turns out, though, vaccinations work about 33% better against BA2 than against BA1. Well, that's cool. It's like we got a free power-up. That's great. I'll take a power-up. Yeah, we could use it. It's that's good news. Good news. So that's that's what's in my good news machine. That's like
0: lucky break good news. Oh, I love no it. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Hey,
1: you know what? Uh, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. You know what I mean? <laughs> And if this new what? variant doesn't underscore that, what what really does? Our
0: preparation in this case was getting our vaccines. Seriously.
1: <laughs> and the opportunity is to get fucking coronavirus.
0: <laughs> Let's hope not. So there's just yeah. one and the other. So my good news uh, piece is also coronavirus related, but it is not in the lucky break category of good news. It's in the people have been working for this good news and making it happen. Great. Um uh, and that is that the, the Pfizer vaccine mm-hmm. um, is probably going to be available for kids under five by the end of this month. They actually applied today for FDA oh, approval so good. for it. So I'm sure there are so many parents of young kids out there who are just feeling so much relief right now. Because, oh my gosh. I mean, like you and I, we've been vaccinated since last spring. Yeah. and. You know, once that happened, like we had that glorious time last summer where we pretty much felt safe going out into public. We ate at a, a restaurant outdoors in the patio, and six like... six
1: glorious weeks.
0: We actually went to a one restaurant indoors oh, yeah. during that period of time, and it was it was fine. But the, the 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 entire time when we've had these little windows of time where waves have been, you know, uh, the the trough of the waves, has yeah. <laughs> been happening, we've been. Feeling secure about going out into the world. And, but this entire time when we've had those experiences, parents with young kids can't do it have still had to be, like, protective of their little ones. And yeah. so I just, it's great news that this uh, the vaccine may be soon available for little, little people. And, it's going to be
1: so much relief for so many families. Yeah. And also, like, their cell reception is going to be so much better around the house once their <laughs> kids get 5G. It's going to be so good. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> so terrible. Yeah. Um, well, should we talk about what feels important today?
1: Isn't it Let's Get Less Dumb? I believe you haven't reordered your thing.
0: <gasps> I'm so sorry.
1: Yes. Do you yeah. want to introduce Let's Get Less Dumb?
0: Yeah, I do. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, So why don't we get less dumb? Class, anyone? Anyone? All right.
1: <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Do you have anything good for Let's Get Less Dumb today? I actually do. Okay. So here's
1: something interesting. So... We're talking about the Supreme Court here. That's the kind of big picture for this. It's, you know, been in the news a lot lately. Uh, There is a uh, a, a Supreme Court justice who just announced his retirement, meaning there's going to be a replacement justice coming soon, you know? And it brings to mind the very contentious uh, justice hearings, Supreme Court justice hearings of the Trump era, Uh you know? Uh, Neil Gorsuch, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. and Amy Coney Barrett, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it's really interesting because... I think that in our minds, we think two things. One, we think that Supreme Court justices have a ton of judicial experiences, like the most experienced judges, and that's why they are now judges on the Supreme Court. Right, right? because and I think, they
0: get lifetime appointments. Yes, yeah, so you gotta be super
1: experienced, right? That's what we
0: think. Highest court in the land. Yes. Yeah.
1: So that's, I think, one of the things that we commonly think, I know I did.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and the second thing that I think we, uh, a lot of us have gotten the impression of uh, over the last, you know, Trump era justice confirmation processes was that there was a dearth of experience there that they, that the that the Trump people were nominating mm-hmm. patently unqualified oh. justices ideologues not judges okay. people with no judicial experience right I
0: mean they are ideologues but
1: mm-hmm. yeah. they are yes but I think that the impression was that they were not just ideologues but they were also, unqualified ideologues okay right mm, yeah. and I was shocked to learn the following okay. If you look at all 58 of the Supreme Court judges uh, who uh, were confirmed to the bench since 1900, okay. there are 58 of them, right? A full 25, that's 43%, had zero prior judicial experience. Okay. Uh, and here is another very interesting factoid. So this is the John Roberts court, right? He's a chief justice. Uh-huh. Amy Coney Barrett had more experience coming onto the bench than John Roberts did when he came on. Oh, okay. It's really, really, really surprising. Like, I didn't anticipate, like, any and of you're these talking, numbers.
0: this experience you're talking about is, is experience actually being a judge That's right. in a court somewhere. At the
1: federal or state level, appellate or trial. Okay. Right? So it could be one of those four things. Federal appellate, federal trial, state appellate, or state trial. Right.
0: So certainly, though, a lot of these people had experience, like doing as being like clerks for other judges or they, lawyers. I mean, yeah, they had experience yep. in the legal system. I think pretty
1: much all of them were lawyers. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But a lot of them have
0: no experience. Like Elena Kagan had no experience. She not she wasn't on. The, she hadn't previously served on the bench anywhere.
1: She had never been a judge anywhere. Mm-hmm. Zero years, zero months when Obama uh, appointed her and confirmed her. That
0: really does so big. the question: like, wh- what does? Experience mean specifically how it we, really does. How right? we define experience matters in this conversation because if the only experience that matters is having previously been a judge, well, then that's what the the facts that you're citing here speak to that. Yep. But you know the fact of the of like the fact that Biden. Has, uh, has vowed to, uh, she, and he's gonna fulfill his, his campaign promise to nominate the first black woman mm-hmm. to become a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. We could define experience as being somebody who comes with a perspective that the court is lacking, that they have experience living in the life of somebody uh, who, who's been a, who, who lives as a black woman in America? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like that experience matters, and, and that's something that Biden wants to lift up because having a variety of perspectives on the court is important if we want to represent as many Americans as possible. Yeah, you know, so, so like, like
1: a confluence of uh, of legal experience, but also life experience.
0: Exactly, and, and, and there's like a difference in like different kinds of legal experience too. I know that like so many people. Who have been nominated to the Supreme Court over the years have come from like the, like they've come up the ranks through like um, the business, like business corporate law, corporate law yeah. and sometimes like, um, like uh, uh, criminal law, but mm-hmm. on the, On the um, prosecutorial side of things, yeah, sure. You know, there's been a big, a big push for like nominating more people to various judicial benches, not just the Supreme Court, but that come from the the part of things where they're like defending sure people in court you know like the the defense side like imagine side of things. if there were
1: like a public defender who eventually right. was on the supreme because court right because they
0: bring an entirely different perspective they would be very enti- empathetic
1: toward like poor people and disadvantaged yeah. people they
0: would specifically i think what it would mean is that they would have vast experience with the idea of of how the court um how the court treats folks on on the defense side versus the yeah. prostitutorial side, you know what I mean? Like they they would they would know how the system has has been unjust for people, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they, and they could figure they could use their position to hopefully rectify some of that. Yeah, you know. Anyway, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. Yeah, these numbers didn't
1: play out the way that if you had just asked me out of the uh, clear blue sky, mm-hmm. like what do you think the, the experience level is, I yeah. would not have guessed this. And yeah. it's interesting to to like compare people too uh on this list. Like for example, if you look at uh Alina Kagan and uh and Justice uh, Sotomayor. Uh-huh. Right. Uh Sotomayor had 17 years of experience uh, on she, the bench. On the bench, uh, she was 10.8 years at the federal appellate level and uh, six years at the federal trial level. Mm-hmm. Right, so a wealth of experience on right. kind of both sides of the bench, you know, on it and off it. Uh, and, and Kagan had zero years experience on the bench. On the bench, again, but they, it's
0: important to define what you mean by experience. Yes, that's right. right on
1: the bench, yeah. the kind we're talking about here. Okay. Um, and so, you know, they've both been like really thoughtful good justices who have authored really interesting uh you know dissents and majority pieces
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's 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 interesting right i think that probably if you were to ask you know, an earlier version of me from like two days ago. And
2: pro- I'm guessing
1: probably a lot of people, you would say, well, probably the person who came on with more uh, judicial experience would have, mm. you know, better opinions and mm. a, a more nuanced understanding of the law. Mm. But that, that hasn't played out, at least in my understanding of the, you know, SCOTUS mm. careers of these two particular justices. Right. They seem to, in my mind, my impression of them is that they're pretty equally intellectually matched and both equally oh, yeah. well-suited for the job. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, in that way, mm-hmm. like I don't necessarily think, you know, taking those two data points anyway, mm-hmm. that you know, judicial experience is a predictor of what of how good of a Supreme Court justice you right, will be. Right. Right. You know.
0: And so, I, I think personally, it's really interesting, in terms of of scrutinizing how we define what makes somebody qualified. Yep. Absolutely, that, I think that that's probably one of the more interesting well, things because, like, if you were going at a certain point on on experience on the bench alone, mm-hmm. you would, you know, if you go back into history, like you would you would be eliminating whole swaths of the population who never were given judicial appointments because they were discriminated against because of their class or color or race or you know what I mean like so like if we define experience if we define qualification based on previous experience well oftentimes previous experience has been given to somebody because of their privilege and others have been excluded so like well and I was just gonna say
1: like if you look at a couple of the other recent nominees there's a couple recent nominees who have had a ton of prior judicial experience Mm -hmm. Brett Kavanaugh with 12 and a Half years and Neil Gorsuch with uh, 10 and a half years.
0: Impressive. They can be assholes from fucking the Fucking nightmares. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, not like not all experience at this level, Right. not, not oh. all judicial experience is necessarily good experience. Certainly. Certainly. They, they just had like 10 and a half years to hone their ideologically based
0: arguments. Right. And
1: I don't necessarily, is that good? Probably not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. They, Who knows? They're terrible. <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> Yeah, it still appalls me. And this is like jumping off topic a little bit, but it still appalls me that we have a Supreme Court justice in Brett Kavanaugh who has been credibly accused of sexual assault. Yeah, I mean, on the bench, and Clarence Thomas, for that like matter, too. Say, that's sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just appalling. Utterly. Anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's your is that the, is that the 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 summation of your your item for making us less dumb today? Yeah. That's great. What do you think? People Thank you. you
1: feel a little bit less. Dumb? I feel
0: like I've been to school.
1: Great. It's good. Do you have anything for this?
0: I have something that's a lot less cerebral than yours. Okay. <laughs> In contrast to that like nuanced discussion about mm-hmm. qualifications for Supreme Court justices, I'd like to talk about the difference between chicken stock and chicken broth.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Great.
0: <laughs> okay, so I wondered though. Like i I hear, like I, I I'm a recipe follower, like I love to cook. Yes. But I'm definitely a recipe follower. I mean, I, there are some things over the years that I've learned to riff on a little bit because I've followed so many recipes. Like I've absorbed sort of the information about like, oh, here's the kinds of things you put together to make something yummy, you know. Mm-hmm. But mostly, I follow recipes. Like, it. and so you know, I when they'll they'll often ask you to add, you know, three cups of chicken broth or three cups of chicken stock, and I, I'm always like what's the, like, is it the same? I just don't know. But I yeah. I saw somebody asking this question online this week and they told me the answer and I was very well, happy what is it? to know it. Okay, so, so chicken chicken stock is something that's made when you boil um, over a long period of time the bones yes. of the chicken. Uh-huh. Okay?
1: You've made that in the house, so I know that. Chicken broth
0: mm-hmm. is what you get when you boil over some period of time the meat of the chicken. Oh, Okay, so now I know, and I don't. How really, do you boil chicken meat? The thing is to make like chicken soup or whatever. But that's how you make chicken broth: is huh. you boil the meat itself. Like you put in there, you go. It's in the in the pot with the water, with the celery and the onions, the seasoning and whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you can still use them interchangeably. Apparently, like the bro- the stock makes things taste just a little bit more rich without like an actual flavor. Uh huh. Because but the, of the and, marrow. Right, and the stock, and the, and whereas the broth has more of like a seasoning flavor to it, maybe or something. Yeah. it's it's not as it's not as rich as the stock. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Me too. I don't know if I'm actually less dumb. Well, now I'm a little less dumb. Now when I read a recipe, I will know what they're talking about. I
1: love it. I'm less dumb. Well, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, sweetheart. Sure. <laughs> So how about we move
0: on to Suggestion Box? Oh, Suggestion Box. I want to speak okay.
1: to you, manager, now,
0: please. Um, So Spotify is on my list.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, it was on my list last week.
0: I know, I know. And it, it, I don't even remember why. Oh, no, I know why it was on your list last week. It was because the president of the company was found to have been investing in, like, AI military gear, or something yeah, an like arms that. An arms
1: dealer, terrible, yeah, and uh, and also like joined the board. Oh my god, it's not just like this casually giving a little bit of money to hedge bets, like he's super into it. Okay, like AI weaponry. What a dick. So,
0: I would like to speak to the manager, yeah, <laughs> at, at Spotify about a few things. Okay, uh, not not the thing that you mentioned last week. So, you may have seen in the news this week that, um, that a couple, uh, a, a few, a handful now of fairly prominent. Music artists Mm -hmm. have removed their music from Spotify in protest of Spotify not doing a damn thing Mm -hmm. to curb the extreme and harmful misinformation that their most popular podcast host, Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. disseminates on his podcast. I mean, he's not only is it disinformation about COVID-19 vaccine, he's got like all this he's he's hosted anti-vaxxers on there Mm -hmm. and all this all this terrible misinformation that is bad for public health and public safety. He's
1: generally into conspiracy theories. It's not just health-related, right. it's all kinds. Right. It's bad news. It's
0: bad, bad news. Um, but also on top of the fact that he, I mean, like th- this is the, the thing that sort of pushed people to uh to remove their music was this the anti-vax stuff, the COVID misinformation. But he's been a bad actor for a long time. He's yeah. an He's a. He's expressed a whole lot of racist views, transphobic views, um, uh, he misogynist. Has, he has uncritically
1: uh, allowed a platform for a whole lot of people to put some pretty pernicious ideas into the thought space. Yes. Like having Elon Musk on to smoke a joint and seem like Mr. Cool Guy while he casually denigrates workers' rights.
0: Right. It's just, yes. It's bad. It's bad stuff. And like, he is their most popular podcast host. I mean, he's probably like the most popular podcast host. like In the world. In he's the, the biggest world. podcaster yeah. in the world. And, and so the fact of that, has always bothered me. I mean, the fact of the, the fact of Spotify giving giving him such a platform, and I mean, he had a platform before Spotify paid him a load of money to you yeah. know be exclusive to. He their arguably platform. has
1: a smaller platform now.
0: Okay, but the the point is, like, it's it's bothered me for a long time that he has such influence and he puts such bad ideas out in the world. He he ought to do better. He <laughs> he he really should. And, and like, whether he he probably won't, but. You know, I I I get so frustrated at the the kinds of people who, like he does, hides behind. And this is I've heard people say this when they've described why they listen to him. Yeah, you know, he just he's just asking the questions. Yeah, no, you know, when you've got that kind of an audience, you have a responsibility. Sure, ask the questions and then be very clear about what is truth and what is not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, push
1: back in real time when necessary. Yeah,
0: and I understand that his brand, that he makes loads of money from coming across as the guy who's just asking questions yeah. and taking zero responsibility for the harm that he's done yeah. to people regarding you know the vaccines, harm to trans people, harm to women, harm... To people of color, with yeah. his the people that he's he's given a platform to yeah. unquestioned on his on his podcast. So, like, there's a, there's you know plenty of reasons to be upset about that. From the get-go. I want to speak to the manager of Spotify, not just for the the COVID misinformation, mm-hmm. but all the rest of the stuff that they have that they have platformed, but not just platformed. Given him, he he has a hundred million dollar deal mm-hmm. with Spotify. Spotify is is paying him. One hundred million dollars to spread this bullshit. Yeah, and here's why this really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's because Spotify has been, in terms of, of of how they have been exploitative of artists since the inception music, of Spotify, music artists like you and me. Um, the fact that they they that they've exploited their their payout rates are horrible. Yeah. Like literally, we can maybe buy a couple of sandwiches with the amount we get from Spotify every few months. Like it's not, not every
1: every year or so. Yeah.
0: It's just, it's insanely yeah. uh it, it's insanely bad for artists. Yeah. Um and, and but and yet yeah, they're taking all those ad dollars, then when they play ads for people who aren't actually members, they make a ton of money
2: mm-hmm.
0: on the ads they sell to people who listen without memberships yeah. to Spotify. They actually make more. Per listener, yeah, uh, on ads, they're also like, taking, if you
1: get a if you buy a monthly membership to Spotify, they actually lose money.
0: They actually lose money on you. Yes, great business
1: the, plan, idiots. They're also
0: taking the you know people's me- monthly membership fees who are members, and they're first of all they've, they've for years they've been lining their own pockets. I mean, the CEO yeah. is worth a gajillion dollars. He's now. worth slightly
1: north of five billion dollars as of last month.
0: So wrong. Yeah, and he's so, taking that money and investing it in fucking
1: weapons manufacturers. So
0: here's here and platforming somebody who's spreading lies and misinformation and horrible stuff like Joe Rogan. Yeah. And paying him a hundred million dollars to do it. Like this is what's making me mad. This is what this is why I would like to speak to the manager. Mm-hmm. Because like I, and I'm glad, honestly, I, I feel like I have I've been seeing that this this Joe Rogan stuff and people's, you know, protests led by the great Neil Young, followed by the great Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. They were the first two, both of whom had polio when they were kids, by the way. Did you know mm-hmm. that? and so, so very pro-vax. They are very pro-vaccine. Like, yeah. yes, they understand what it means to get sick from a disease that you couldn't get a vaccine for, for, right. for you know? Anyway, I, I really appreciate the fact that this issue with this podcast host and all that... It seems to be also elevating the discussion of how Spotify has been exploitative of artists in the foundation of its model, you know, like and and i and I what I don't appreciate is that people like you and me make music, and if we don't upload to Spotify, then we're not accessible to a lot of people. like we kind of it's kind of it's that there's not really a whole lot else there there are other places to go, but it is. It is the main place. Yeah. At this point, it is the market leader. It has
1: like eighty percent of market share or something like that. And then Apple has like ten. Right. And title has like five. If we want
0: people to have access to our music, we we sort of have to be there at this yeah. point, right? So we make our music. We, we spend this time toiling in our house. I'm writing. We're recording. You're producing a mix. Like we're, we spend, you know, hours and hours and hours per song. Yeah. <laughs> days and days per Dozens song. of hours yeah. per song. We work, this is our work. It is our life's work. We upload it to Spotify. We get paid when people listen. Literally fractions of a penny. Yeah. Like, like measured in of,
1: thousands of a penny. Lots
0: of zeros after the decimal point. Yeah. <laughs> Before, but yeah. And they're raking in those ad dollars and they're raking in those subscription dollars and they are A, lining their own pockets, which they've been doing for years, and B, giving $100 million to somebody like Joe Rogan who's making society abjectly worse. Yeah. And but. I'd like to talk to the manager about that.
1: <laughs> That's very, very reasonable. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Great.
0: Think I can get through to the manager? Yeah,
1: I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Do you have a suggestion box item? You know, actually, I do have a
1: complaint. Okay, what's your complaint? My complaint this week is about next door. Oh. And it's very simply that it makes me think ill of my fellow Tacomans.
0: Oh, Oh. okay. So what, what about next door is it or what is it about our fellow Tacomans is it? So here's the thing.
1: I know from my personal experience here yeah. that Tacoma is a lovely place filled with lovely, compassionate, kind-hearted people. Yeah, very progressive, generally speaking. It's great. I enjoy it. We yes. moved here for a reason. Yeah, but goddamn, <laughs> the people who seem to do—I don't know—ninety-five percent of the posting on the part of Nextdoor that I see, the Tacoma part that I that I see here, yeah. are just racists Mm. and bigots Mm. and have a really anti-poor point of view. It's like all the bad things. It's like all the worst people in Tacoma oh. are on Nextdoor. So, and it really sucks. Yeah. And like specifically in the part of Nextdoor that I see. And there's like never any pushback. Like people are just constantly doing the kind of posts there's, there's like this sort of trendy type of oh, post no. on Nextdoor uh-huh. where you try to describe it like like Encyclopedia Brown doing like an amateur police blotter. Like What? Like, like how? Like person one colon oh. African American. Because oh. you're not racist to say African African American, Aww. right? African American height five foot eleven, weight two hundred and thirty-five pounds, wearing black hoodie, blue jeans, red sneakers. You know what uh-huh. I mean?
0: Doing well, what? Existing and making me, making me feel nervous because I'm a racist asshole.
1: Oftentimes, yes. Yeah. Like my ring cam picked up suspicious people walking down oh, cedar my. at the corner of seventeenth. Gosh. You know? Person of interest one. Oh. Uh, it's just They nuts. need to get a life. They need to get a life. So, yeah. And it's just, ugh, it's terrible.
0: Yeah. Um It's like, if, if, it's like
1: r- if the ring cam became sentient.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and was programmed with really bad AI. Ugh. With racist AI. Ugh. So
1: AI by definition is racist, but that's a conversation for a separate true. time. true.
0: It is true. Okay. So um uh so two two things. Um Next door has a reputation for this, like all over. I know. Right. Like, I think it doesn't matter what city you live in. Yeah. This is, and so this is, yeah, this is what they have sort of become, which is sad. It should, it could have been, it could have become something where like actual neighborhoods got to know each other on a social media type app and
1: and not based around shared grievance
0: right right right
1: but like people are getting to know each other like you see people having conversations like true enough carol you know
0: oh yeah so does next
1: door now carol and don are racist friends cool
0: i wonder if next door uh has attempted to mitigate any of that or even if they could or how would they do that like
1: why would they do it it boosts quote-unquote engagement right wow that's terrible okay
0: second thing why are you on next door
1: Uh, Because every so often, Uh uh, there's something of community interest that I feel better for knowing about. Yeah. You know? Like, I do it so you don't have to. Thank you. I understand that you're not on there. (laughs) But every so often, like, there is uh, a subject of community interest that actually behooves us to know about. Does
0: anyone push back on the...
1: Sometimes, but they get overwhelmed pretty quickly Uh. with people being like, yeah, all you liberals moving here from California, of course you'd think like this. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's terrible. Well, I'm sorry. I hope you can talk to the manager.
1: I do too. I do too. Really. Actually, you know what? I did talk to the manager in the form of unsubscribing from the notifications. Oh, okay. You know. All right. And so I'll still get like emergency notifications, and sometimes that can be helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Um. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Gosh, what is it about? What is it about social media? Is I think it's probably saying something about human nature. Mm-hmm. That that social media seems to devolve to our basest impulses, yeah,
1: that's where the incentives align. It's yeah. really bad,
0: yeah, that's just not good, yeah. oh, great. well, thanks for sharing, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, so, sorry. I don't. My, you don't know the order. I'm all out of order. You're all out of order. I'm so sorry, but
1: I don't want to be the only one introducing things. So I was trying to make a star hand gesture. Yeah, to I it. didn't yeah. get
0: that. I didn't know what was next, so yeah. that's why I was waiting for would you. Would you like to introduce the next segment, sweetheart? Oh, okay, I would love to. Great. I would love to. Uh, where is my gold star?
1: Where indeed?
0: <laughs> um. Would you like to go first? I would absolutely okay. love to. Okay.
1: So uh, here's what I'm proud of this week. Okay. I researched contact info for all of the DJs, music directors and uh, program directors at every major AAA radio station in the United States of America. That's a huge job to it's do a do that. It's a huge job. Now, I don't want people to think like, oh my gosh, America's huge. What is that, a thousand radio stations? It's actually, there's like 24 uh, sort of what you might call key markets. Yeah. You know, like the biggest markets yeah, yeah, around yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all the obvious sort of big coastal ones that you'd think of. But then there's also, you know, the, the Nashville's and Madison. the Charleston, South Carolina. China, you know salt lake city yeah all the kind of biggest cities around the country yeah and uh, not every biggest city has a triple a station not every mm-hmm. market can sustain that there's yeah. a definitely a lot of markets in the center of the country that like people do not want to be hearing that they don't want to hear imagine dragons ever they would like to hear more country <laughs> right. you know yeah. and so there's not as much representation in the yeah. center of the country uh but it's it's entry it was really interesting to do uh the reason i did it of course is because as probably probably, people know uh, we have had a song that's being played a lot on radio right now, Breaking Ground from 2020 101. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to figure out if On we can, one radio station. One radio station. Play it live, yeah. And we're trying to get it on more stations, trying to figure out whether we can do that. Yeah. As alluded to, you know, uh, 20 or so minutes ago, I'm not 100% optimistic that this will actually end up happening. Right. But I'm going to put my best foot forward, you know? It was suggested to me by someone who's kind of been mentoring me a little bit through this process. Yeah. That, uh, you know, just make a list of people, figure out what their shows are, figure out, like, what their day part is that they're covering. Mm -hmm. Like, we're probably not going to get as much traction with, like, a morning DJ, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But, like, the midday and afternoon Mm -hmm. people could Mm -hmm. absolutely, it's, cause you, it's interesting, you and I get played a lot in the morning day part. Mm-hmm. By the way, people, day part is, uh, it's a radio term. Uh, there are five day parts. Just, it just means part of the day. It's not a very complicated yeah. term, right? <laughs> and typically it's like uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's morning drive time, right? And then you have like 10 a.m. to 2 or 10 a.m. to 3. That's midday, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have 3 to 7. That's afternoon drive time. You have 7 to midnight. That's evening. And then you have overnight. And that's midnight yeah. until the next one starts, 5 yeah. or 6 a.m. yeah. So five-day parts, uh, and there's there's definitely a lot of info that you can get just looking at radio stations' websites. So first yeah. thing I would do is I would just Google a station and find the station's website and go to their on-air hosts yeah. page. They always have one. And just see, like, oftentimes, people write their own little bios mm-hmm. to DJs too, and... Every so often someone will be like, I love new music and then constantly searching it out.
0: Wow. Well, I made a note of that. Right, totally. And that's a lot. I mean, first of all, I'm proud of you too. That's a ton of work. I remember years ago I did a bunch of research for on um, music blogs to send our our debut album CinemaScope to, you yes. know. And I mean I spent some it is it is exhausting yeah. work. It feels like you're doing investigative work to yes. get the information that's actually useful. It's true. And but the fact of the matter is you're trying to actually, you're not trying to your t- your approach here is not to like spam as many people po- as possible with Mm-mm. this information. You're actually looking to make personal connections so you're, doing the kind of research that gives you knowledge about these actual human beings, which is another layer of complexity and Mm -hmm. effort. And I'm proud of you too. Like, it's really great. And
1: just to be clear for anyone listening, like, I'm not going to send one email to 110 people. I am going to send 110 individual personalized emails. I mean, I'll start from a template (laughs) with the basic stuff I want to communicate. But I will, you know, for sure take into account who the person is and where they work and what their market is. I even went so far as, you know, researching every single station's uh, Tagline or what they call themselves? Oh wow! You know what I mean? Wow! So you know, instead of reaching out to someone in Charleston, being like, you know, it would be great if ninety four or ninety four seven would play our song, I can be like, it would be great if the bridge would be willing to give it right. a couple spins. Yeah, you know, that's cool. If be, wonder if it'd be a good fit for the bridge?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever they refer to themselves, that's cool. Yeah. I'm proud of you too. Thanks. Okay, so when you were talking about day parts, and yes. you're like, it's just the part of the day. Yeah, um, it reminded me of one of my favorite lines from the movie Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> where they're at the restaurant and he asked the waitress soup du jour that sounds good what is that that's the soup of the day
1: yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> I'll have that
0: <laughs> day part what's that oh that's the part of the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry that's where my, my mind went and oh. since mine there, went there yours had to now too Thank you for going How with me on that journey. How blessed are we, journey. people?
1: Yeah. So good.
0: What about you, Sugar? You got anything? Oh, I have got, where's my gold star? Uh, I put a new song out today. We put Hell a new song out today. yes, we did. Yes. Woo, Hi, woo. High five. Yeah. Um, so, brand new song. First song from uh, our new album project for 2022. mm mm-hmm. Which doesn't have a name. I'm, we're not going to name this album until it's done. Yeah. That's. That's what's happening
1: before, like like last year's uh-huh. record, like the container for the record. Like I thought up actually the name yeah. for the record because like it was you know like 2020 101, like a crash course on it, but yeah. also a 101 day project. This is yeah. the whole thing. So we knew what the title was coincidentally going into right. it, so we were able to say this is a new record of 2020 101. Yeah, but that was an anomaly. Usually when you start making a record, you don't know what it's called no. until all the songs are done. Then you kind of figure out yeah. what the title should be, and that's actually what we're doing this time. Yes, but we're also still releasing it serially. We
0: are. So now. it's
1: is called, for now, 2022 New Album.
0: That's right. But the new song, the first song is called Take It If You Want It. Mm-hmm. It is sort of a thesis... The cover art
1: is just Shannon with a gun. <laughs> no,
0: it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, but I, uh, that was a, That's a joke. Yeah. The song itself sort of is like a thesis statement for the rest of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know... As I you ha- so frequently do. I, I frequently do. Well, this, this one... I don't know. Yeah, this this is this feels a little different. I don't know. It feels like a, a different spin on on things. This really kind of uh sets the the mood or sets the tone for what I want to explore in the rest of this album. Mm-hmm. And it's really fundamentally about um the idea of figuring out how to cultivate personal peace of mind and genuine agency to make change. Yeah. When living in the kinds of perilous times that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of what the whole album is going to be about, and this song sort of like encapsulates like the, the like the overarching you know goal of of the questions that we're gonna ask and in this project and, yeah. and move through. So anyway, I am proud and I'm where's my gold star for this new song? I'm thrilled to be sharing it with the world. Should we play it for our listeners? Do
1: you want to play it like right now? Why don't we? People, here it is. Take it if you want it. Okay. It's a podcast, yeah. Yeah. Right,
0: right, So yes, you
1: can. I think you can say ass on the radio, too. I'm
0: so glad that you liked this one so much. It it was definitely like a peppy song. Like, I I feel like I'm going to pat myself... Where's my gold star part two? Patting myself on the back for writing like such a poppy song that has the word fascist in it. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. And that's why I like it, you know? I know that you sort of approached me gingerly with this song because I, I have a threshold for peppiness. At a certain point I'm like, this fucking is too peppy. And I you know, and I'm not necessarily super into it. No, it, I mean, you this know, is like, your, your... when something's too peppy for me, it just feels like a tryhard song. It's like, why are we doing this in 2022? Shit's messed up. Also, you know what I mean? your
0: your inner goth has got to weigh in. You yeah, know? seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I'm much more tolerant of like pop than I used to be.
0: Yeah. But you know,
1: goth has its limits, you know. But, but this is this, a, this is an
0: invigorating has, song. Like I feel like dancing around my living room when I listen me too. to it. And
1: but, it, but But lyrically it's got like a, a candid assessment of some darkness, like around where we're at right now. And yeah. that's why it works for me. It's not yeah. just like all sugar. Right. You know? Right. I love when there's a subversion to songs. When mm-hmm. either it's something that sounds dark, but you're talking about some joy, or mm-hmm. it's something that sounds joyful, but you're talking about something dark. I like when it's not all matchy matchy.
0: Right. But here's the thing: like this Unless this, it's
1: all dark, in which case that's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but this album project really is about sort of like that dichotomy. That you just described, like like it's about the idea of finding peace of mind, like being at peace, finding personal serenity in the midst of of a, a circumstances that are anything but, you mm-hmm. know. And you know, I've been through times in my life where the where the circumstances that I was um, flailing in were more personal, and then were more personally generated, yeah. you know. Um, and and I learned a whole bunch of tools in my recovery to. To deal with that. Yeah. And that's essentially what I'm revisiting with this project is kind of like pulling out some of those old t- old tools, which I use all the time, by the way, but like really digging into them in a, in a more intentional and deep kind of way in this time because I've found myself, like probably a lot of you who are listening, a little bit worried about stuff. Yeah. You know, like I, the things that that I, I wrote an essay sort of introducing this song, and I write an I'll write, be writing an essay for each of the songs coming up but like i identified the things that for me personally are the things that can keep me up at night and it, you know yeah. the stuff that really um concerns me uh specifically climate change mm-hmm. like i feel like it's just unfurling before us right yeah, now it is. and uh, and it's coming ever faster yep. and we're not doing enough no
1: no one's going to stop it we need to be realistic about that
0: right the second thing is just the the rising authoritarianism specifically in our country it's happening worldwide but like i feel Particularly worried about the fact that we have one one party, uh, the Republican Party, that is has gone fully anti-democratic at this point. They have been unwilling to hold accountable a guy who tried to overturn the last election because he lost it, yeah. and like we're it's and then they're trying to entrench uh, entrench us in a system in which they are the only ones who can win elections.
1: Single party rule is what yeah. you call that.
0: Yeah, and I. I feel very concerned about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not something that's that's yet. Well, no, it, it is affecting people directly already. It hasn't affected my personal life directly already, but you know, power needs more power.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: People who are power at all costs. There's never a satisfaction of that appetite, you know, yeah. like it, it constantly needs more. So those are the things that I'm like, the, I'm personally worried about. I know that there are folks listening who have got other concerns, and um, but but it feels like this is this is an opportunity to figure out how to like. I, 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 I am paralyzed if I can't find peace in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm paralyzed to actually even do anything about it. Like I can't take on climate change by myself, obviously. Yeah. Right. But like I'm paralyzed to even do what I can do if I am immobilized by the fear that I have over it. And, that, and if I can't find a place to, to find to find serenity in in the midst of it. Right. You know, so that's really kind of where this project is going. And it, and it's, again, it's, it's kind of holding those two things you were saying. You know, you can deal with a peppy song as long as the topic, you know, yeah. has some, like, gravity to it. Mm-hmm. The situation that we're, we're in right now has a lot of gravity. Um, but this whole project is going to be aimed at finding peace in the midst of that in order to be effective mm-hmm. at hopefully changing some of it. Hopefully. Yeah. So, where's my gold star?
1: Great job. Gold star for you.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So, uh... You know, it's with a heavy heart that I announce the next topic. Oh,
0: wait. Why is it with a heavy heart? It's
1: because it's, this feels important. Oh. Please hold for a very important message.
0: Is, is it all... It's not necessarily bad. Well, it is this time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but it's important. It is. So, my, this feels important. uh, Is have you, have y'all heard about the book banning happening? Mm. (laughs) It feels important. And I'm sure you've heard about it. There's lots of different angles, you know, but, but the thing that was, that I, that I read this week that was um, of interest to me that I wanted to bring up was the fact that like it's, it's portrayed often in, like where I'm reading about it on social media, um and in, in you know news pieces that I'm reading, as you know, concerned parents are rallying, you know, going to these school board meetings and demanding that these books be whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Horse shit.
0: It is because there there's actually like These major Republican donors that are behind all of these efforts, yeah, like
1: Alec is involved, I imagine.
0: There are, you know, I don't even know, but which organizations in particular? I didn't make a list of them, uh, but I was reading about this. But these are like billionaire-funded organizations that are funneling money to these local groups to make it seem like this is a grassroots effort. It's totally not at all. The technical like,
1: term for this is astroturfing. It is. When it's supposed to look like grassroots but actually it's fake.
0: Fake grassroots yeah. is astroturfing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so and and they're, they're they're looking to ban books that touch on race, on LGBTQ issues and just yeah. really anything else that's deemed Judaism, objectionable by right-wing censors. Yeah. Oh, I know. was that that book Mouse, a yeah. graphic novel. Yep. There was <laughs> they said they were banning it because of nudity in the graphic novel. the The characters are mice. It was naked mice. <laughs> there is actually. also... It's not even about nudity. There's though. a there's,
1: naked human in there too. Oh, is there? Okay, yes. I'm sorry. But I mean, it's a, but that. it's not like a living, sexy. It's a dead person. Oh, you know what I mean? It's someone who was found dead. I think in a bathtub. Oh my god. It's one panel.
0: Oh my god. You know what I mean? But really, it's about it's about removing a book that. Uh, Moves people to think about, moves students to think about the Holocaust and in-
1: and and the perils of uh, right wing fascism.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I just. I mean, that's redundant, feels- but I feel like
1: I need to say it mm-hmm. because there's all these people right now, conservatives, of course, who are being like left wing fascists. That's not a thing. Right. Right. But I just want to no. be super clear that when we say fascists, we mean it in the, word in the way that word actually means, mm-hmm. which is. Right-wing. It's a
0: right-wing extremist. It's by definition. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it feels important. It feels important to mention. And you know, it's interesting. I, I We have some friends who live in uh, Newburgh, Oregon, um, who have been quite... There's been like a big brouhaha in that sit, that little town. It's a very small place. Yeah. Um, with like their, 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 their uh, uh, school council, the, what do you call it? School board. Yeah has they' recently elected a couple of people uh to the school board who are just i mean they have no place on the school board they are such like they're wing nuts wing nuts yeah and and, uh, yeah, not even smart ones, but they're just hmm. there because of their ideology, and yeah. like they're there to tear shit down. So, but but I I saw they're there to
1: take a stand against liberals. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: but these friends of ours who live there, I saw a a, a tweet that one of them um, was mentioning this article that came out about about how all these like supposedly grass these fake grassroots groups are actually being funded. And he's like, that's so interesting because I've been wondering how this group of vocal extremists have become have been so well funded. Like they, <laughs> they apparently like they've got like literature and they've got like all this like stuff that's like they someone has poured money yeah. into their efforts. Right. And he's been wondering where it came from. Well, it's because that there are people. And here's the thing: the reason for the billionaires doing this, I mean, it, they they probably do actually believe that they should that they want to establish some sort of like right-wing authoritarian rule and, like, enforce their way of life on everybody. Yes, I think so. They probably so. do believe that. But here's the thing. They also know, these billionaires, that when you create that kind of a system and you create the, you know, you you, you cultivate these fakes, fake grassroots, uh, you know, uh, activists or whatever to create the system, you're creating all this kind of division in, in society. They're, they're sowing division.
1: In local communities. In local
0: communities, which sows division nationally. It creates a, is, is a scenario in which they people are so busy fighting over cultural stuff with each other, these culture wars, that they can just continue to to sail away with not paying taxes and like you know capturing the government to you know yeah. to re- reduce regulations on them. Like it's just it's a way, a way for, to distract us. It's a way to distract all of us exactly from paying attention to the fact that they are looting us yeah. and living off of of. Our labor and our effort in making this country go—you know, like it is—it is a way for them to continue to get more wealthy and more powerful, and to not be bothered by by a united people that could actually fight for a more equitable and democratic society. Because that would be bad for billionaires. It's it's financially motivated, and and it's sick. Anyway,
1: class war. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Yay! Mm-hmm. Well, enough with all of that. I think we can move swiftly on to Inspiration Station.
2: Inspiration Station. Ah, oh,
0: deep breath. Yeah. We get to just like, the rest of this podcast. How Indeed, it really it feels good. It does. So uh, I
1: have two things. How many things do you have?
0: Oh, I just have one.
1: Great. My first one is just a quote that I just want to put in people's minds. Oh, okay. Just because it, to me, was so insightful. It's very short. Okay. It is from a philosopher and writer mm. who was born in 1689, died in 1755.
0: Mm.
1: He was French. His name was Charles de Montesquieu. Mm,
0: very nice. Right, French Charles, basically. Yeah, Thank uh-huh. you,
1: yeah, not bad. Uh, but man, how insightful is this? Here's what he had to say. Okay. If triangles had a god, he would have three sides.
0: Ooh. Boom. Interesting.
1: Right? Hmm. There's not much more to say about it than that, is there? No, that's
0: really, that's something to ponder. Thank you for that. Yeah.
1: All right. So think about that one, people. (laughs) Think about that one.
0: Uh,
1: What you got, sweetheart?
0: So I just last week picked up the uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones book, 1619, The 1619 Project. Yes. It's the book that was made from the 1619 Project that New York Times Magazine did in uh in 2019 yeah. as the 400, 400 year anniversary. the 400th anniversary of the first uh slave ship that brought enslaved people from Africa to the United States they landed in uh virginia like 20 or 30 of them it was the first time that you know enslaved people set foot on the, on on america what would become united states soil right. america, eventually um and I bought the book because I'm considering making this our next book for our uh, Misfit Stars Anti-Racist Book and Movie Club. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to just like check it out a little bit before I made that decision just Mm -hmm. to make sure that it would be a good fit for where we are with with the group and and how we would divide it up because it's a very long book. Um, But I was, I've I've started reading it a little bit and in Nicole Hannah-Jones' opening essay uh, on democracy, Mm -hmm. um, she makes the case that Black Americans have been the perfectors of our democracy, mm. and I just had to pause on that sentence because you know we, we hear the quote about how you know uh, one of the aims, the aspirations of you know the, the people who wrote the founding documents for our country that we um, or or was it it, it, it was it Abraham Lincoln's speech in in in. Um, in an effort to create a more perfect union, I'm I'm not saying it correctly, but mm-hmm. it I think it was maybe the Gettysburg Address where he said that. Mm-hmm. But the idea of perfecting the union, like yes, the, the people who wrote the founding documents set out these ideals that yeah. wow, they're amazing. All men are created equal. Wow, that's every everybody's in is uh, uh, imbued with un unalienable.
2: Yeah, right. Inalienable
0: rights. Probably inalienable, right? Inalienable. Yeah. I, I never can get that right, and I stutter over the word anyway. But uh, but you know, of of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, like, like all these things, like like the the, the great American ideals that we yeah. like you know celebrate at the Fourth of July. Right? right. Sure. Amazing ideals. We clearly, and even the people who wrote those words were not living those ideals to their fullest because obviously women didn't count in that equation when they wrote those words and and enslaved people didn't count in that equation when they wrote those words. Um, So, you know, but the ideals themselves are still great, right? And the, the idea that we have been on a journey, hopefully, to perfect those ideals within the the actual state of our union since then like mm-hmm. we have an opportunity to do that and the fact the the argument that Nicole Hannah Jones made that was so inspiring to me mm-hmm. was this idea and I'd never really thought about it in these terms before and it was and it was inspiring that because Black Americans since 1619 at beginning with at 1619 were denied access to living under those ideals mm-hmm. equally with white men in, in this country. Mm-hmm. They have been the ones working the hardest to obtain and keep those same rights, mm-hmm. and in so doing have really become the biggest force in this country for perfecting our democracy, yeah. like like they're the we, ones who
1: are holding it to account
0: yeah, 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 and really, like the rest of us who who care about this are really walking in their footsteps, yeah. you know like the the the, the the movement to gain equality and freedom and rights that black Americans initiated Mm -hmm. and and participated in since the very beginning, since the 1600s. Like, they've been doing this for a very long time. Trying to, you know, to to work for their own freedom. Mm -hmm. That legacy is what spurred on women's suffrage Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and and civil rights, Mm -hmm. LGBTQ rights. Like, we all owe... We all owe uh, our, any amount of progress we've had in expanding rights to more groups of people and becoming actually a a more truly multiracial, multi-ethnic democracy. Mm -hmm. We owe that to the legacy of the work that black Americans have been doing for centuries. I love it. And it was really inspiring. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the beginning of Black History Month. And, you know, um, I, I feel like I want to be on the lookout for folks whom I can honor... Who have done that work? Who've been who been the 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 founding fathers, really, and mothers of that that part of building a democracy? I know? love it. Yeah. So I was inspired. How about you? You got you've got one more inspiration. I do. for the week. What is it?
1: I do. Uh, so this. So the context for this is uh, it was an article uh, by this guy Jonah Goldberg, who is a he's a conservative uh, journalist. Oh, okay. And writer mm-hmm. because people I don't just consume from an ideological monoculture. Right. I read across the ideological spectrum uh, as much as sometimes it pains me to do so. (laughs) But you got to keep it honest. You know what I mean? Intellectually speaking. So uh, Jonah Goldberg, talking about the uh, Joe Rogan, Neil Young uh, Spotify situation. uh He had this to say, and it really made me think, and I thought I would just share it here in case it makes someone else think too. yeah. Facebook itself, Twitter, and all other social media platforms are forces of nationalization.
0: Mm, he argues. Okay.
1: What the hell is all this meta and augmented reality crap if not a rejection of the idea that physical space, literally where you live, is an inconvenient barrier to be overcome?
0: Interesting. Meta being the, the metaverse. Yeah. They're trying to like get started on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alternate reality? Augmented reality. <laughs> Augmented reality. Yes,
1: exactly. Which, I mean, will also be like, an, in some cases, just an alternate reality yeah. you know I mean, like if you makes, think of Ready Player One that's, that's more of an alternate reality but if you think about like Pokemon Go that's an augmented mm-hmm. reality mm-hmm. where like you look through your phone camera at the world around you and you see more mm-hmm. things that are there in the physical world it's yeah. augmented got it yeah Yeah. but such an interesting idea right that the basic the foundational premise of all of this uh, next level web 3.0 metaverse mm-hmm. kind of stuff is that uh, th- that physical space is just an inconvenience to be overcome and like, he's not saying it in a positive way. He's saying yeah. it in a really negative way. The yeah. context of the article was that this is not a good thing. Like, it's mm. why our communities are becoming unglued, too, mm. I think. Like, that's the larger argument he was making. Mm. Like, if there is a lack of community cohesion, it's because, like, you don't need to like, figure out how to get along with the people who live in the same place as you anymore. If they frustrate you, ideologically speaking, you can just go on the internet and find your your own group of people yeah. who thinks more like you. And, you know, for better <laughs> or for worse. Right. I, the for better is, I imagine being a kid, uh, as I was, in rural Vermont on a dirt road. Uh, I was very artistic. I was... Mm. uh very cerebral. I was isolated in that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one very close friend and I had a few other pretty dear friends too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they got me through. Yeah. But if I had been able at that time to, into... to, yeah, get on something like Facebook and find a community of, or just the internet, find a community mm-hmm. of people who are like, who are, who are into alternative music. Sure. You know, that was not happening in the place right. I grew up right. like at all, you know, mm-hmm. um, That might have been, that might have felt like a real saving grace to Mm -hmm. like 15 year old me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the flip side is I had to deal with it you know, and mm. I had to sort of create my own world more for it, you know, and mm. I be- I've become very creative as a result. And I think that there is an upside to that. But also I dealt with an extreme amount of depression and isolation
0: Yeah, as a result yeah. of
1: it too, you know. So I do see the upside to there being virtual communities. You and I have a virtual community around our yeah. work that is transformative and magical for us. Yeah, But it's not at the exclusion. It has never been at the exclusion of our local communities. Mm. You and I have mm. always sought out being, you know, Close, good neighbors to the people around yeah. us, and getting to know the communities around us and be involved in right. you know to the extent that we can. Right.
0: Um, it's, it's inspiring to think about the idea, or inspiring to about the right word. It, it is encouraging me to think about the idea that that it's really important for each of us to be pretty intentional about how we engage in the world, mm-hmm. like if we're going to engage in an online community, you know, to nurture places and be part of nurturing places that are healthy and connective and supportive and not like the next door community you were talking about Jesus. earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and also to be intentional about making connections in the real world, because I think that we do need, we do need real world connection. Oh yeah. You know, like, you know, I, I, I look forward to being able to at some point get back out on tour because sharing an art experience with people, you yeah. know, in in person is unmatched. You yeah. can't you can't recreate that on the internet. And and I think I mean we as a species evolved as social beings. Like mm-hmm. like we we need it. It's yeah. a, it's a biological need. Yeah. You know that we have to be with other humans um and experience each other. Yeah. Um and so it's making me think about, you know, really needing to be intentional. Probably for us here, that means like on days when it's not raining and not too cold to be outside to mm-hmm. like actually figure out how to hang out with folks mm-hmm. safely in the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. it makes it difficult to to be doing that when we're trying not to give each other the, pl- the plague. Well, but <laughs> and
1: especially when it's cold out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can kind of be, you can kind of gamely stand around in 34 degree weather You know, it's kind of charming for a few minutes, but then it's like, you know what, this sucks. Yeah, I
2: know,
0: I know. But we got to get creative because it's important for us. All right. Yeah.
1: Well, what do you think we roll into a uh, little gratitude crank up and finish this up?
0: Cranking up the gratitude. Thank you, Heather, Misfit Star Heather, for giving us that wonderful phrase.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: really what we're doing is, I, here's somebody that, uh, in our Misfit Stars group this week, actually said the most beautiful thing. It was uh, in response to somebody, somebody had made a gratitude list uh, in the social network. And, um, and someone else commented saying something about how they had gone uh, joy hunting, Yes. And that's, a, that's another way of describing this. Like a gratitude crank up is about going joy hunting. It's that's about it. looking at, looking around at things throughout your day that brought you some measure of joy, even yeah. if it's tiny, naming it and expressing gratitude and for it. And focusing
1: on it. Yeah. Focusing your brain on it.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, um... My, my one item for our podcast this week is that I feel, I am grateful that I have work that feels meaningful to me mm-hmm. and that there are people who support me in doing it. Uh, I, I'm extraordinarily grateful for that. Mm. Um, feel pretty darn lucky. Yeah. Actually. It's pretty amazing really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you?
1: Mine is, uh, I'm grateful that I uh, turned down the opportunity to take someone's bait on the internet. Oh. I feel good about that.
0: Good job. Someone was just Grateful to
1: yourself. Grateful to myself. I really, yeah, like, I'm acknowledging that I have made a little bit of progress in this area. Mm. Because, you know, I am feisty and I am intellectual and when someone comes at me, my instinct (laughs) is to just, you know, shut them down efficiently as possible. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Uh, But I just didn't engage. I didn't reply one way or the other. I just let it drift on down the stream, Mm -hmm. which is not how I'm wired. Yeah. It's not my first impulse. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, I just drafted out in a text document what I would have (laughs) said. had a little chuckle about it, then deleted it and moved on with my day. And like, I felt really proud about that because I didn't escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. I gave the person grace by mm-hmm. doing so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it was someone I care about and they were just kind of being an idiot on the internet and and it was directed at me, but it could have been directed at anyone. I didn't take it. My my impulse was to take it personally, but I realized that I could just give them grace and not take it personally. Right. And recognize that it's not about me, it's about where they were at in that yeah. moment. And I just think that I did the whole situation so much better and... uh I see little bits of progress in myself and I want to celebrate that. So that's what I'm grateful for.
0: This is like a cross post with Where's My Gold Star? You get a gold star for this gratitude post nice. too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's Thank d- you. It's a double whammy. Okay. I'm into yeah. that. But it's good. It's, I think it's good to express gratitude to yourself yes. for doing something that made you feel good. Yep. It brought an element of joy into your life to be able to let go of that situation.
1: I think it counts.
0: Good. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Ha. Ah, right Thank you for listening today. To our new and improved Misfit Stars podcast. <laughs> yeah, we think it's improved. I enjoy these discussions. This is really great. Yeah. Um, you all, if you uh, are wondering where you can get this new song that we yes. debuted for you today, I forgot to mention this during that segment. But if you want to download it, you can get it exclusively on Bandcamp. And where you go to get that is shannoncurtis.bandcamp.com. Yeah. And you can download it. For free. If we set the like price to. to zero.
1: You can just own it as a digital file. You can. You can also just use Bandcamp to stream things. We're not going yep. to have any of these new songs up on any of the bigger streaming services. It won't be on Apple Music, it won't be on Spotify, it not won't until, be on Title.
0: Not until we release the, the full album That's later right. this year. Yeah. But
1: I want you to know that you can use Bandcamp's app and you can stream things, like even like remotely or mm-hmm. whatever. You have to own it. But we've made it cost zero dollars for right. you to own it. Yes. So you can just like go purchase it for zero dollars, add it to your collection uh also uh we understand that people want to support our work we make it zero dollars because we know that there are people in our orbit who don't have extra money and we want them to be able to you know to to have access to our music on the same level that a millionaire would yeah you know it's very important to us as a value so there is that uh but if you want to support our work you can also name your own price for this thing Mm -hmm. you can pay you can Put a hundred dollars in there. You can put a thousand dollars in it. <laughs> we are not stopping you. Every so every so often someone does make an outsized gesture, and it honestly helps. It all counts. Morally and psychologically as well as you know practically. Yeah. Uh and then also, if you want to support our work, uh you may do so at misfitstars.com slash support. The 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 main way that Shannon and I keep the lights on around here these days Mm -hmm. is through the ongoing monthly small dollar support of a small number of people who believe in what we're doing yeah you could become one of those people Mm -hmm. you know the average uh monthly contribution level is ten dollars uh contribution levels start at five dollars we have the thing default to twenty dollars because you know we want to encourage the idea of abundance like Mm -hmm. what we always frame it as is like what what number would you just not miss it if it were to go missing from your bank account in a recurring way every month it's different for everyone you know sometimes that's five dollars we have some people who are in at 50 because they wouldn't miss it well that's great that's a huge help to us mm-hmm. so you know when you go there just think about what that number is for you what number would you put in that you just it wouldn't matter if it were to go missing well we could use it you know because when you combine it you know with everyone else's it, it really makes a difference
0: and for those of you who are already members who are already doing that monthly support thank you so much you are making this new album project possible mm-hmm. you are making possible all album- of the the incredible mentoring work that Jamie continues mm. to do with a bunch of other artists. You're making this podcast possible. You're making possible the the nurturing of the Misfit Stars community and all the effort we put into that. You're making all of that go. So thank you. It means the world that you would put your lot in with us and say, yeah, this this is important stuff to me too. So thank you. Yes. And um and and if you're in that group, we hope to see you Sunday at the Misfit Stars Zoom Meetup. Mm-hmm. Um. And beyond all that, I think that's it for this week. Uh, We'll be back next week. And until then, I hope that you will take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. See you later. See ya.